Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Dan, who during his near-death experience encountered the Grim Reaper, and today we're going to learn about it. Dan, thank you for joining me, and welcome. Well, thank you very much for having me. I do appreciate it. It's uh, an honor to share my experience. I enjoy sharing my experience. Um, to me, it feels like what I like, what I would love to do is just climb the tallest mountain and shout to the world, you know, this is real. This is this, you know, there, there's a lot more to it than, you know, I thought or going in basically. So I'd like to lay a, a foundation if I could uh, just to share, you know, my growing up, uh, I grew up Catholic. I was an altar boy. Uh, I was born in the sixties, by the way, grew up Catholic, was an altar boy, wanted to be a priest. So spiritually, I have a Catholic foundation. Um, you know, that, that was really what I wanted to do. Uh, when I became a teenager, my uh, parents separated. I went to live with my grandmother in the city and uh, my life became basically sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I was a troublemaker. Um, back in the eighties, real quick, you know, in the eighties, it was, uh, one day there'll be a computer in every home. So I bid on that studied, uh, information technology and, uh, there, there's a computer pretty much in every home today. <laughs> so they were right. And I've been doing it stuff ever since, uh, I met my wife at that time. I have two grown, uh, sons, uh, who are living on their own and, um, you know, I've just a normal life, you know, going back and forth to work, paying bills, raising family, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so we come up to 2014, specifically May of 2014. Um, so I normally get up in the IT field. I get up, you know, like four o'clock, 4.30, something like that. Uh, my alarms right now are like 4.15, 4.30. And uh, so I'm sleeping and um i sort of came to and i'm laying there and it's 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 basically like something doesn't feel right to me it's just you know something's wrong you know you know when something's wrong with you um so you know the thoughts are going through my mind what do i do do i do i go back to sleep do i get up you know get up and get ready for work that type of thing um and i look over to my right and it's blurry so um you know they're just a big blurry spot so you know this to me is like, okay, I just woke up. It's a little bit hazy or something. Uh, you see, I do wear glasses. Uh, at the time, I didn't wear glasses. And honestly, at that point, I remember thinking, all right, my wife has been hounding me all these years. Uh, let me get my glass. You know, I'm going to go to the doctor. Like she said, obviously, something's not right with my vision. Um, and I'm going to get glasses. So I, I lay back down thinking, all right, I'm going to go to sleep and, and go try to go back to sleep and wait till the alarm wake me up. Uh, by the way, well, I'll get in that moment, actually. Um, so I'm still laying there, maybe 30 seconds, a minute. It's just something doesn't feel right. So again, I look over to my right. Something's just like it's over here on my right side. 
uh, and that blurriness kind of collapsed together, came together. Um, and I knew it instantly as the Grim Reaper. So this was uh, not the traditional Grim Reaper that you see on the TV screen or in movies or something like that. Like, you know, I always believed the Grim Reaper to be. I knew this was the Grim Reaper right away. I knew I was dead right away. I, I was like, wow, okay, I know what's wrong. I'm dead. Uh, I knew what happened. I have sleep apnea. I have severe sleep apnea. I've been to sleep studies and stuff like that. Uh, same thing with that. I didn't wear glasses. You know, I, I didn't really listen to the doctor. I, I was supposed to have a BiPAP machine. I didn't at the time and I had stopped breathing. It's happened. Uh, I actually ended up in a coma a few years prior from, you know, that type of thing. Um, didn't experience anything at that time, by the way, when I was in a coma. So I knew this was the Grim Reaper. And how I would describe it, if you would take like a Jewish candle, um, which, you know, you take the top like a big U and you cut off the bottom piece, the stick, um, and it wasn't that wide and it was gaseous. Uh, it had this blurriness had like consolidated and condensed into a, you know, a gaseous being. Um, and the gas was flowing up. Um, it was, like I said, it was like a U. It was coming from this point, like in the middle and flowing up. I, I can't say for, that I saw anything flowing downwards. I just recall, you know, the gaseousness going up. Uh, and, you know, it started telling me, you know, everything's going to be okay. It wasn't verbal communications. This had no form. I understand, I understood, you know, that, a being like this doesn't necessarily have a form. Uh, it could be anything th that I needed it to be to comfort me, to help me. And that's what it started communicating with me. It started telling me everything's okay. You're going to be okay. I'm not here to harm you. And like I said, I knew I was dead. I knew that the Grim Reaper was, um, was there to help transition me. Uh, it's not there to kill me. You know, you see Hollywood telling you all this stuff like, hey, the Grim, you know, Grim Reaper coming around to kill you and stuff like that. Uh, you know, this Grim Reaper was not there to, to do me any harm. He was there to help me. Um, and he started coming towards me. When he started coming towards me, my body started vibrating. And, and I'm not talking about physical vibrations. I don't think that occurred. Uh, what I understand that to be is basically my soul was detaching from my body. Uh, the way I would describe that is if you take goosebumps, flip them upside down, amp them up maybe a hundred times or something like that, and cling those goosebumps to your bones. That's what I felt. My entire, every hair, every atom, every cell was vibrating. Um, and I couldn't physically move. Um, so, you know, this thing is coming towards me. I'm sitting there vibrating like this. Then these orbs i'm laying on my back okay so if you can envision somebody laying on their back um uh, these orbs appeared now i'm six four so and they were about four feet from the end of my or about four feet from the end of my feet so you know 10 feet from my head um and maybe 10 eight to 10 feet up off the ground uh and and the i don't know how many i would say uh like what is it two is Two is not enough. Six is too many. I would say four. Um, these were golf ball size orbs. They look creamy, tan, golden in color. I never physically touched them, but they appeared soft. Um, you know, and they started moving around this space. The space, I would say, is about 
maybe four feet wide and two and a half, three feet high. I don't know that they followed a pattern, a specific pattern. Like, you know, they were following, you know, a certain pattern or something like that. Um, but uh, they just started what, what to me seemed to be free floating in this space. Uh, and here's old Grim over here <laughs> coming over from the right, you know, I was, uh, you know vibrating. Um, and my soul started coming out of my body. Um, I actually experienced that. It didn't leap out or anything. So my soul from right, I don't know if you can see it. I'll, I'll show it. So like from right here. So it started funneling out of my body. So I'm laying on my back. And the way I would describe this, if you've ever seen a nuclear bomb go off, um, you know, how the mushroom, the funnel comes up and the mushroom cloud, take off the mushroom cloud part. My soul was streaming out like this. Um, and I could feel the strands of my soul were interwoven. So the way I would describe that is like a piece of yarn. Um, it, you, you've touched yarn before, I guess. So uh, how soft it is, it felt soft. I could feel it on my skin. Um, and this was maybe dime size. And it felt like they were interwo interwoven and it was just coming out of my body. Uh, and at a point that it was coming out, I remember thinking that it was trying, it, that it wanted to get out of Dodge. Uh, honestly, that was what I thought. And I, I remember thinking, wow, has life been that bad that you can't wait to get out of here? It was honestly like that. So, okay, old Grimm's coming to me. These things are flying around the sky. My soul is streaming out of my body. Um, I'm vibrating. And it's just this thing is just going on. The Grim Reaper is just like, it's okay. Everything's okay. And I honestly told it, shut up. I'm dead. You know, I get it. You're like a broken record. You know, just shut up already. Um, and its reply to me was no, that it was not going to shut up. That's what it's there to do to help me. And that's what it's going to do, whether I like it or not. Um, so my soul was coming out of my body. And like I said, I'm laying flat to maybe a foot from my head. I started material. I started being there. That's when my soul was ending up. I was standing next to my body. I was in two places at once. I could feel it coming out of my body still. And I could also see it from the perspective of being at my head position. Um, so, and all this was happening. And I realized about this time, the best way I would describe it is like you're walking through a doorway. The further I went, the more I experienced. So, you know, you put one foot say in the door and you see a little bit, you put another foot in the door, you see a little bit more, you experience a little bit more. That's what this was to me. I, I was going through a transition um, to leave my body and, you know, return to where I should be. Uh, I don't want to jump ahead. So like I said, Grimm's coming at me. My soul's jumping out. My body, body's still vibrating. These orbs that were floating up in that space um, changed. They disappeared. They became softball size orbs. So uh, the way I would describe these, so if you'd have to picture like a softball, cut it in half. The bottom half of the orb, of these orbs, were like reflective chrome. Now, I say that, but I can't verify that I actually saw a reflection of the room around me. Um, they just, you know, if you think of like old school muscle cars, is the way that I would describe it, how they were always chrome and shiny and all that stuff. The bottom half was chrome. It was not see-through. The top half of these orbs were crystal clear frosted glass. Now it's frosted, but it was still crystal clear. Inside of each orb was a light. Um, 
like one would be green, one would be blue, one would be orange, one would be red. I can't say for sure if they were ever the same color at the same time, uh, but they moved around in this free, this free floating space as well. Uh, and the other, the smaller orbs disappeared at the same time they appeared. Uh, again, it, to me, it's like, you know, I'm going further through a transition, I'm experiencing more. Um, so this is continuing on, my soul's out of my body. Old Grim Reaper's right next to me on the right-hand side. I'm on the left side of my body. Um, my soul's out of my body. There's no more vibrating or anything. The orbs disappeared. Uh, and what appeared in that space is the traditional, what everybody says, you know, the white light. You know, go into the light, the, the, you know, that type of thing. But I didn't necessarily see it as just the light. My soul understood that to be God. Um, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not, I don't want to disrespect anyone with, you know, an illness, but it felt to me like I had Tourette's, Tourette's syndrome. Um, uncontrollably, instantly, I knew it was God. And my soul communicated to this being, you know, said, God, I love you. Um, you know, it wasn't like, you know, going into it, I'd probably be like, oh, crap, God. What do you do? What do you say? You know, seriously, um, my soul took over uh, and it was un it was like uncontrollable and knew what to do. It was new. It was God. Um, and when I said that, when I when I said that to God, um, by the way, I don't know if I mentioned the orbs had all disappeared at this point. It just became that light. And um, when I said that to God, God wrapped me up like a cocoon. And I felt that love that, you know, other people who I've heard share their experiences. I felt that love wrap me up. And I understood in an instant the meaning of eternity. I understood, understood how much God loves us, all of us. Uh, you know, it, um, God loves us so much that God protects our souls from everything and anything. Not saying while we're here, human, you know, uh, but our souls. There, there is no death with God. I should say that. So, um, what I got from the being, or from what I understand to be God, not traditionally like you know in, in church, growing up religious, you see like paintings of what God would look like and stuff like that. It, that wasn't what I saw. Um, what I got that was very powerful to me is God told me, I am the one that is all, the beginning and the end. Um, and to me, you know, the, the protection, and like I said, I, I don't want to try to cry. <laughs> um, the love is, is overpowering. It, it is so beautiful. Um, and I honestly thought, as corny as it may sound, I thought, wow, I just found the, re the real fountain of youth. Um, God's love is the real fountain of youth, you know, and, and that was what I thought as crazy as that may sound that that's what I thought. Um, and, and so, uh, sorry, I don't want to cry, but it, it's a beautiful moment, man. It, it was really powerful. It, it's more than words could say, honestly. Um, so, and, uh, you know, God communicated to me, uh, you know, playtime, and, and I'd struggle with this. So first off, so uh, God communicated to me that playtime was over. It was time to come home. 
Um, I, I honestly did. I, I took a long time to deal with, you know, what do you mean play time? Hold up here. <laughs> honestly, you know, um, so, but that, but that's what I, I was communicated to me, you know, and um, I started to leave. I, I, I was out of here, you know, uh, I don't think that I moved on my own. I think that I was being assisted. Uh, and I, I started, I was on my way out of here. And I realized at that point that, you know, I, I saw my body and I thought, wow, okay, I'm married. Like I said, I have two kids. Two, two, they're not kids, they're men, sorry. Um, and I realized that, wow, this whole time I never thought about my family. And old Grim over here, uh, who was still there, uh, told me, you know, your wife's going to find your body. She'll be sad, and, and but it'll be okay. And I understood at that moment that, yes, it is okay. Everything's okay. It didn't matter what happened here in the human world. You know, it, it, you know, even if they had, you know, I, I don't want to think about it, but even if they had been homeless after I died, you know, and lost my income and stuff like that, it would still be okay because in the end, they will be there too with me. Um, so, you know, it, it's not that I wasn't thinking about my family. It's just so much was going on, uh, you know, so I love my family. I'm still married, by the way. Um, so... I was leaving and I, I, on my way out, I, I was like, God, please watch over my mom, my wife, my oldest son and my youngest son. I didn't say it like that. I said their names. Um, and instantly I was back. Uh, and there is a close first and second. Um, and I, I don't know for sure. So the first realization I believe is knowing why I was back. I was back because God had granted my request. Um, I asked God to watch over my family and God sent me back to watch over them. And, um, sorry. Uh, and, and the second, and, and like I said, they're kind of first, close first and second. Second was the pain of coming back in the body. Uh, you know, feeling your lungs filling up and stuff like that. All those different sensations you feel coming back into a body. Um, and that was my near death experience. Uh, I am a, you know, I'm an IT, like I said, so, you know, I, I'm an analytical thinker, you know, details, logical type person. Uh, I won't say I doubted my experience, but, you know, I've heard science over the years say, you know, your brain does this or, you know, that type of thing is going on. So I had to question it logically, you know, just from a logical standpoint, I didn't die in a horrific car accident or something. You know, I, I simply stopped breathing because of my severe sleep apnea. Um, which I think is probably the best way to go, maybe, is, is in your sleep. Uh, it seemed to be the most peaceful. So a couple of days later, I'm sleeping, you know, and you're going a lot of craziness, like, wow, really emotional and all that kind of stuff. Uh, a couple of days later, I'm sleeping. And if you have cable, I don't know if you have cable, but I, I have cable. Um, and cable has this thing that comes on every so often, emergency alert. It goes off at three o'clock, like three, three thirty, whatever in the morning. Um, and the emergency alert went off and woke me up. You know, I, I can keep my TV down low. It's like, beep, this is a test of the emergency alert system. If this had been an actual emergency, blah, blah, blah. All right, fine, I'm awake again early. Um, so I'm laying there. Another one goes off. I'm starting to doze back. I'm starting to doze off. Another alert goes off. So I, I think one was a weekly test and one was a monthly test. 
all right, now I'm really awake and I'm pissed. I, I, I honestly, I was, I was going to call the cable company in the morning uh, and complain. And they wouldn't do anything. I mean, it's like probably a law or something that they have to do these tests. Uh, but I was going to call their business office when they open and like give them a piece of my mind. You know, you're waking people up in the middle of the night. You know, we got to go to work. We have to be bright eyed and all that stuff and, you know, focused on our job. Um, and so I laid there. I was like, OK, calm down, chill out, relax. And I'm laying there for a, a, probably a minute or so. And, and I'm not going back to sleep. I'm, a, I'm wide awake. Uh, still, I'm still agitated. And I hear laughter. Uh, behind me you know laughing and uh so okay i lived in a cul-de-sac at the time i don't live there now but so i live in a lived in a cul-de-sac so you picture a cul-de-sac street going out that way um, my house was here there was a home over here with basketball courts so you know okay laughter it's normal in the in the cul-de-sac to hear the kids out there playing basketball and stuff like that it's totally cool um, and my, my thought was, okay, somebody must have left the door open because I can hear the kids pretty good out there playing basketball. Um, after a little bit, maybe, I don't know how long, maybe 30 seconds or so, I realized, hold up, it's like not even four o'clock in the morning. There, are, It's pitch black outside, it's dark. There are no kids out there playing basketball. Um, what is going on? And as soon as I realized that, maybe six inches to a foot from my ear, I heard a voice. It said, we're here for you. Crystal clear as you and I would be speaking, probably maybe even more clearer than that. It was right next to my ear and my body started vibrating again. Okay, obviously what happened a couple of nights prior really happened because I'm wide awake and this is really happening. <laughs> um, so two things. One, we're here for you. We're implies plural, not singular. And I did, it sounded like children's voices laughing. Um, I knew that they were laughing at me because here I'd been given a second chance coming back and I'm pissed just simply because I got woken up early. Um, so they're, they're kind of like laughing at my expense because I'm upset, you know, over something so minute. Um, and two, we're here for you. Does that mean we're here to help you or we're here to take you? You know, we're here to finish the job basically. So um, this time I didn't flow out of my body. I was out instantly. Uh, and I had what could be called a traditional life review. Um, I got to experience things from my life, uh, you know, moments from throughout my life uh, that had an impact from people, but it wasn't a judgment. So, you know, when I grew up, like I said, and that's why I said that, you know, I had a Catholic foundation as a judgment, you know, here's God. Did you go to church every Sunday? You know, did you believe this? Did you believe that? The God I met never cared about whether or not, you know, I believed something or did something a certain way. God loved me unconditionally. By the way, that was something I missed. I realized that as well. When I met God, I found the true meaning of unconditional love. There were no conditions. It wasn't that, oh, you must kneel down to me and, and worship me and I'll love you. It wasn't that. God loves us unconditionally. So let me get back. The life review part, um, was as though I'm there, you know, like reliving those events, but from a different perspective. It wasn't a judgment. It was simply, as I understood it, and again, I'm not dismissing anyone else's experience, what they've experienced. My experience was that I was seeing and experiencing these things um, to understand how my actions had an impact on other people. 
that was the purpose of the life review for me. So the one life review moment that stands out as crazy as it is, uh, and I'm sorry, it's not really crazy, but, you know, so mixture two lanes, you know, you got two lanes going this down the street like this, two lanes coming this way, divided, uh, you know, yellow line dividing the lanes. Um, and I'm coming up on a red light. And this, this was something I saw from my life. So I'm coming up on a red light, the left lane, where I'm going this way, the left lane has like three or four cars in it. Right lane had no cars in it. Cool. I'm going to jump this path. You know, I'm going to get over in the right lane. Light's going to turn green. I'm gone. Um, you know, but I, the light didn't change that fast. Somebody pulled up behind me, was in a hurry, wanted to make a right on red. Um, and I'm blocking him from doing that. I felt how he felt. Um, you know, frustrated and, 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 you know, needing to go in a hurry. Um, so honestly, and, and I'm not this particular place, but when I've been in a situation like that since, I will purposely get out of the right lane just so somebody, if they have to make a right on the right, can do it. As minute as that is, and, and you know, maybe as silly as that is, that was the most impactful thing for me from my life review. Um, you know, all the other stuff meant something, but that's the one thing that really stuck out to me. So, you know, like I said, as back to the other part, as much as I uh, might try to dismiss what happened, what occurred two days later when I was wide awake, agitated, um, had some of the same principles, especially like the body vibrating, uh, you know, it just, you can feel it through your hair. I have a mustache. Um, I don't know if you can see that, see how much that, but you can feel it in every hair of your body. You can feel it in every atom of your body. That's what, that's what it felt like to me. Um, and again, it was like goosebumps, amped up, flipped around, clung to my bones, uh, just through every part of my body. So, oh, you know what? I left something out. I missed something. Sorry. Uh, I said, I hadn't told this story in detail except once uh, in years. So as I'm laying there, um, you know, and the vibrating was occurring again. I tried to move and I couldn't move. So I'm laying there and I, I'm, I'm looking down like at my feet and I'm trying to move my feet. So if you picture your feet out like this, I'm trying to you know, move my feet like windshield washers, just kick, not kick out, just like move. My physical feet didn't move. I saw my soul, they were shaped like my feet doing that, but my physical feet were there. And I, there's no denying it. So I can't deny and I don't deny it, just, you know, I, I, a logical process. Um, could it be? Uh, and, and it was, and actually, that's what happened to me. That's my near-death experience. So I don't see the second part as a near-death experience. I see it more, as a more maybe what they call a spiritually transformative experience. Um, it had aspects like the vibrating and stuff like that of the near-death experience. But I didn't leave the same way that I felt during my near-death experience, how I was coming out. Um, you know, I feel those strands, what felt like strands of yarn, maybe about a dime, dime in thickness, dime size strands. Um, so, you know, I didn't have that part of it. I, I was out instantly in that part and uh, in, in the life review process. So, and that's my experience. After that, uh, you know, a lot of crazy stuff started happening. Um, you know, and, and to, to me in IT, the way I would describe it as I understand it is that I've left my body. I came back. My body's like a firewall. 
by my coming back into my body, my some additional ports on my body are open. So now I go out and do like I'm doing now, a ghost hunt. Um, you know, I, I go out to hang with the spirits because I've been there. Uh, you know, I, I just want to hang out with them. You know, they, they were once human. You know, I don't need to be there making fun of them or, you know, wanting evidence or anything like that. I have nothing to prove. You know, I just... So that's what I, that's what I do now. <laughs> and it's completely changed my life. Um, you know, my, like I said, my marriage was difficult. Um, I think I mentioned that. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't remember if I mentioned that, but my marriage really had a difficult time. And this was May of 2014. It was just before Christmas. Cause I thought, wow, man, here I am. You know, it's a hard choice, honestly, with all the crazy stuff going on. Obviously this should happen. Um, you know, the, the, for some reason, this should happen. You know, so do I honor my wife, who I promised, you know, to forsake for all others, or do I honor what God is, you know, what I'm, what I'm given now, the, the experiences that I'm being given after my NDE? So it was a hard choice. And I realized right before Christmas that, okay, my family didn't sign up for this. They, they, you know, they can experience paranormal, what we would call paranormal events around the house or around me. Um, and so, and that bothered them that, that like freaked them out basically. So, uh, you know, it, it was difficult and I thought, wow, you know, here it is, Christmas is coming and I've destroyed my family. And, uh, you know, it, fortunately it didn't end up that way. I'm still married. My kids are great. Uh, my men are great. I should say they're grown. <laughs> um, so that's my story. That's what happened. Dan, thank you for sharing your experiences with us. What you was your overall impression of the Grim Reaper positive, like he was a good guy? He was a good guy. Um, and I apologize if I, I kind of rushed and I apologize, but um, the Grim Reaper, I honestly thought Hollywood has given this guy a bum rap. Um, you know, I, and I thought that because he was nothing like Hollywood portrays it as. Uh, he was not there to hurt me. He was not there to kill me. First off, I was already dead. Um, he was not there to hurt me. He was there to help me transition. Um, he did jack me up and put me in my place when I told him to shut up. Because uh, it was. I told him, I was like, man, you're like a broken record. Shut up already. I get it. I'm dead. Um, he's like, nope, this is what I'm here to do. And I'm going to do it whether you like it or not. Uh, so he kind of put me in my place. But he was totally cool. I, I love it. I, I say, and I would say now, I can't wait to die. I'm in no hurry. I, I don't mind being back. I can't wait to die again. It was totally cool. Were you agitated at him or just maybe angry that you were dead in general? No, I, I wasn't. It's just, he just kept going on like a broken record. It's okay. It's everything's okay. You're going to be okay. I'm not here to harm you. It's like, okay, all right, shut up. <laughs> you know, I get it. I'm, I'm dead. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so no big deal. Especially since you work in the IT world. Have yes. you ever seen pictures of orbs online that look like the orbs that you saw in your experience? No, no I do. Uh, as I mentioned, I do paranormal investigations. So I have all kinds of gear, you know, static, you know, full spectrum cameras, you know, regular cameras, all that kind of stuff, trail cams. Um, and I've captured a lot of orbs, you know, things moving around and stuff like that. Uh, I have not. So these were golf ball size. Um, they appeared soft. They, they did appear soft, though I did not actually touch them, so I can't validate that. Um, they were cream color, golden, uh, 
you know, kind of maybe an off-white, but they, I won't say tan. They were, they were gold and cream colored or the golf ball size ones. So the other ones uh, that showed up next were a softball size roughly. Um, but then, like I said, they were like split in half. All of them were like that. They all had color from inside of them. Um, they, you know, like one was green, orange, blue, and, and you know, they just kept changing colors as they moved around in that space. And I, again, I don't know if they were actually following a specific pattern. Uh, I didn't pay attention to that. Um, they just seemed to me free floating, uh, whether they were actually free floating. I don't know. Did you get the sense that they were actually entities? Um, no, I did not. I can't say that, that that's actually a good possibility. They may have been, I, I did not get that. Um, what I got, you know, for me is I felt like I was going through a doorway. It didn't feel like going through a doorway, but it, I just understood it that the more I transitioned along, the more I experienced. Um, so, you know, that, that they did not feel like entities to me, no. Do you feel like the reality over there is more real than here? So I, am, you know, my experiences are not status quo. Um, I mentioned it to you when we were setting this up. I don't watch YouTube videos. I, I've tried to disassociate uh, with all preconceptions. I, I don't listen to podcasts. I do co-chair a meetup. Um, so I do hear other people's experiences. I do see, you know, read things on Facebook, uh, you know, and respond to people when they have questions and stuff. Um, I do. So, you know, when, not long after my death, after my NDE, guides i call them rememberers but i'll call them guides because that's what everyone knows them as um told told me to you know not do not let other people's experiences influence my own um and they would show me some different perspectives uh i do so you know like one of the things that i understand is you know i've had an nde and it's it's a great experience but as i understand it We've only touched the tip of the iceberg. So, and I was wrong about what I call it. I call it the point of no return. So when we have an NDE, and, and I'll just say myself, but my understanding is this is just the way it is. We only go to a certain point. We never go past that point and come back to be able to share our experience. I was wrong in that. I was told a little bit, you know, a while ago, maybe a few months ago, that that's what creates this void. Um, people who do go past that point and come back, they, they can't remember those experiences. So apparently um, we have experiences there in that realm. Some are even beyond the comprehension of uh, humanity. So, you know, those aren't going to come back and be shared with us. Um, whether that's true or not, I haven't experienced that. I feel like I remembered all my experience. I did not have this void that people talk of. Um, the way I would liken the void is like, you know, anyone who works with classified information from the government, you know, about sanitizing documents before you do like a freedom of information stuff. Um, so that that's kind of what the void, as I've been told, um, you know, is. So, you know, as I said, I, I have a different perspective. I'm not dismissing anyone's perspective about what it is. I'm just what the members are telling me. By the way, I did miss something. I, I thought about it a moment ago. When I met God, I understood God knew me better than I knew myself. Uh, that was 
like right away. I, I knew God knew me and understood me better than I knew myself. I also remember thinking God knows more about being human than any human ever will. Um, so the things we might fault ourselves for here, God would not fault us for. That was my experience. I'm not dismissing anyone else's, please. Uh, you know, so which was completely opposite from what I grew up with. And that's why I say, you know, I grew up Catholic. I have that Catholic foundation, um, you know, and it's completely opposite of what I grew up with. You know, it was unconditional love. So where are you at now with your spiritual beliefs? <laughs> um, it's different. Uh, honestly, it's different. Um, you know, I, I joke uh, since my... I, I don't call it, I call it a near-death experience. I don't see it that way. I see it as a death experience. It's the afterlife. I don't see it as the afterlife. That is life. This is like a pit stop to me. Um, now, I have some disconnected from being, you know, from the human aspect of things sometimes. Um, so, you know, that that's has its downfalls. I, you know, I hope I don't come off as like snarky or anything. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to be that way. Just for me, I, I just see this different perspective um my spiritual beliefs i don't believe in god anymore you know my I, honestly i don't believe in god people ask me that do you still believe in god nope i know that god is real so and, and that's why i'll say you know i trust the universe god i am the one that is all god to me is all everything to this um so the universe will provide, the universe will guide me, turn it over to God as I grew up, understanding religion, turn your life over to God. So that's kind of what I do now. And I don't have to understand. I found that, uh, that's what I found. I don't have to understand. All I have to do is trust. Um, you know, I tell people, you know, I, I, I would say pre-NDE that, you know, God was my co-pilot. It's not that way for me now. God is not my co-pilot. I'm God's co-pilot. God's in control taking this you know driving this car down the road i'm just going along for the ride enjoying this you know the scenery along the way that that's how i see it now that's where i'm at spiritually i know god is real um there there's no i could have amnesia probably and never forget that the the love that i felt sorry i, I don't want to cry <laughs> Um, the love that i felt is, is so powerful so beautiful i could never forget that um, and I know God is there for all of us, every one of us. There's nothing special about me. I'm, I'm Joe Blow. I'm nobody, you know, and, and I, that was one of the things I struggled with actually, uh, is why was God there for my death? And, and as I understand it, God is there for everyone's death. Um, so, you know, like I said, there's, no, there's nothing special about me. Um, you know, I wasn't given special treatment or anything like that. This is, you know, this is going home. You know, and, and by the way, the, the playtime's over. It's time to come home. I, the way I didn't describe it, but the way I would describe it, if you think of an old Western or something, you, you, you'd think of uh, like a, a parent coming out, ringing the dinner bell. Kids, it's time to come in for supper. That's what it felt like. It felt like, you know, I think it's time to come home now. You know, it's over. Um, so that, that was what it felt like to me at that time. You mentioned that you feel like you still have some ports open to the other side. What <laughs> kind of um, abilities do you have since you're NDE? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, that might be a separate podcast by itself. All right. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm just going to 
be honest with you. I'm sorry if it sounds crazy. I'll tell you what. If my pre-NDE self had met my post-NDE self, my pre-NDE self would probably say, hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you. See you later, wacko. Um, that type of thing, honestly. Um, I didn't, I'm not saying I didn't believe in paranormal type stuff, but that's uh, you know just off the wall stuff. Um, so one of the reasons when you do these ghost hunts, they don't like you to cross spirits over, um, you know, because then you have to pay for to come here type thing. You know what I mean? So they're making revenue at it. So um, one of the things I found that I am able to do is help to cross the spirits over. Uh, so I, I do that. A lot of times when I do these ghost hunts, um, and maybe it's what I'm seeking, it's what I'm getting type thing, uh, I'll always get, you know, help and stuff like that you know, please help, I'm stuck or something. So I try to help them cross over. Uh, and that is, you know, I would call that my true passion. You know, I'm, I'm, I want to help them. I, I, I communicate with them. They communicate with me. By the way, these rememberers, man, you know, I get stuff wrong. I won't say all the time, but I do get stuff wrong. So in the IT world, the way I describe this to people, if you have a compressed file, the way they communicate with me is having uh like having to unpack a compressed file so i don't always get it right um so you know i i, I will misunderstand things and stuff like that um so but they're they seem to be operating at a faster rate and i'll share this with you too some of the crazy experiences are actually having out-of-body experiences uh similar to my spiritually transformative experience now i'm not talking you know i'm not dismissing anyone else's experience but i'm talking about physical out-of-body experience um you know where where you you're out of your body it's not astral you know projection or anything like that this is you know when i have out-of-body experiences like i had a circular fan you know this fan that sits like on a stand and spins around like that so when I looked over at this thing during, you know, OBEs, uh, it has a perception of going like slow. You ever seen the helicopter blades where they go, it looks like they're going slow, but you know they're going fast, otherwise it fall. The fan looked like that too. And the first few times this happened to me, I thought, wow, everything slows down when you don't have a body. I was incorrect. Again, incorrect. Um, it isn't things slow down, it's that things speed up. And when I realized that, I realized why when they communicate with me, I'm having to like unpack this stuff. Um, you know, it's because they seem to be going at like a hyperspeed or something. So it wasn't that things slow down when you don't have a body. When you don't have a body, you speed up. Or that's what I've experienced. I'm not saying it's everybody, just that's what I experienced. And, and just crazy stuff like that, you know. Um, just a fan like, do, 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 do. it looked like it was slowing down. So, and I thought that the first few OBEs, um, but it wasn't, it was me speeding up. Why do you think spirits get stuck? So what I've experienced, and I'm going to share what I've experienced. A lot of times they are fearful of judgment. Um, like, you know, I, I, I mentioned one case it took, uh, all right, so please don't do this at home. Okay. So I'm not, anybody that's listening, don't try this at home. So you could, you could, in the paranormal field, you could call it picking up an attachment, um, you know, and I don't, I'm not recommending anybody try to do this. So during the time that they're in attachment, I try to help them to move on. And this, this soul, this gentleman that I picked up uh, during an investigation, 
uh, had shown me how he killed the woman, and he was so scared they could move on. So um, after it took a couple weeks, and he, he did finally leave. Uh, so and that's cool. See, so when he leaves, and the reason I say don't try this at home, I'm basically lending them my body to die again, to to move on again. Um, so I get to be part of their death again. And I was told that as well. When I die next time, I won't be leaving. I'm going to hang around and get to help others uh, when I don't have a body. So that to me is pretty cool. You know, if I can help, that would be great. Do you think at the time of their death, instead of meeting the Grim Reaper or God, they just like so run away and hide or something? You're not forced to leave. Okay. As, as I understand it. Um, so, you know, you can stay here again, eternity. There is no beginning, no end. I under, as I understand it, we existed prior to this universe and we will continue to exist long after this universe and many others come and go. Um, so that's the meaning of eternity. So if they're here working, if, the way I'll call it is letting go of your human, letting go of your... Uh, not sorrow, you know, your guilt. That That's probably, that's a good way to say it. Thank, thank you. I actually never thought, you know, guilt. That's the way it seems to be with most of the souls that I help, is they have to let go of their guilt to move on. Um, is that all of them? I don't know. I'm just, you know, I can only share what I've experienced. Um, so it seems to be that most of them have a guilt. And they don't want to move on. And, and you're not forced to move on. You can stay here for a million years. And, and when you're talking about eternity, a million years is nothing. Um, so, you know, that that's my understanding up to this point, what I've experienced so far. So, and again, please, anybody listening, don't try that at home. Don't lend your body to any non-body entity. Uh, then that's why I call them a non-body entity. Um, so please don't do that. <laughs> Let me just kind of re-ask this a different way. So do you okay. think like when they die, if they're approached by the Grim Reaper or God or any other beings, they just say, get out of here, I'm staying, or they just refuse and they just stay in their body? Or what do you think happens? So I don't, I don't know. So if you don't move from your body, uh, You've, have you ever heard the phrase spontaneous human combustion? Yes. So my understanding, if you don't move from your body, that will happen. So have you ever seen a, a, a combustion thing? Th this is your power plant to me. You know, and, and so if you sit there radiating like this and you're vibrating like that, you don't move from your body, you're going to combust and, and you're going to have nothing but fingertips and toes left, basically. You're going to radiate inside out. Um that's how I understand it to this point. So uh, why do they not leave? I don't know. Um, other than, you know, to me, what I've experienced, you know, it, it would be mostly guilt. You know, they're scared. Most of them are, seem scared to move on. What are your thoughts about reincarnation? I did not share that part of it either. What I got... Um, like I said, it's sort of like the point of no return. We, we don't go too far. We're only, you know, having an NDE, you only experience the tip of the iceberg. Um, so there is individuality there. There is individuality here. 
I didn't get that. As a matter of fact, I got the opposite. There wasn't individuality with God. Um, so a reincarnation, I don't know. I'm kind of on the edge. Uh, I don't know. I've tried going. Um, there's a place down the road. I live in Virginia. Um, so there's a place down the road that I've been, Edgar Casey's place. Uh, and I tried to do a past life regression. Um, it didn't work. So I, I can't answer that, honestly. I, I tried to connect with the chakras. And I'm told they're not for me. Uh, that's not for me. You know, again, let the pre preconceptions go. Um, to me, the chakras, you know, are like body parts for the soul, basically. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I don't want to make assumptions. Uh, I just didn't get that. There was no hierarchy, by the way. I, I don't know if I mentioned that. When I met God, I, that's what I felt. There was no hierarchy. So, you know, growing up Catholic, you would think there's, you know, as a hierarchical structure. Um, so, you know, to me, there was no hierarchy. There was no, indiv the individuality was gone. I am the one that is all. We are all part of that. God, to me, lives inside of each and every one of us. You know, so that, that's my perspective on it right now. When you've had your out-of-body experiences, are they spontaneous things or do you cause it to happen? I have not been able to cause it to happen. I, as I understand, it is possible to trigger them. Um, so I was told that there is apparently a harmonic frequency that can cause out-of-body experiences. Um, I have not figured that out yet. My understanding, it hasn't been found yet. Um, so they are apparently reproducible if we could figure that out. Uh, so, you know, I, I've not done it. I've had them. I've actually had an out-of-body experience with my wife right next to me. Um, I was sitting in a recliner. We weren't in the, the house at the time. We were in another home. Uh, so I was sitting in a recliner and the couch right next to it. TV's out in front of us. Um, and my wife's sitting on the couch. We're watching TV. And I had an out-of-body experience. Un, you know, it's, it's uncontrollable, I guess you could say. I haven't been able to predict uh, or understand what triggers them other than what I was told would trigger them. So I'm sitting there. My wife's there. I'm trying to talk to her. I realize I'm out of my body, the vibrant, you know, all that stuff. Um, and I'm trying to move my hands and stuff. And I can see like my soul hand moving, my arm moving. And my wife's not paying attention to me. So um, maybe I'm glad she didn't. That would probably freak the hell out. Of her. You know, oh, shit. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I don't know. Um, you know, so I'm glad that she didn't see it. She couldn't hear me uh, trying to communicate with her. Um, no, but it ended. And probably, I don't know how long it went on. Maybe a couple minutes. Uh, I am told, by the way, uh, that you cannot stay out of your body for too long. Uh, if you stay out of your body for too long, you won't be able to come back. Um, I don't know what that time limit is. And, and fortunately, I've always come back. So there have been times when I felt like almost a tether pulls you back. I don't know if there's a tether. I've described that to a couple other people and, and they say that you know, you're like you're tethered or something. I, I can't verify that. Um, but there have been a couple instances where I felt like I was pulled back in. Uh, maybe I was pulled back in before the timer ran out or whatever, and my body physically died. I don't know. That would be a assumption, by the way. What kind of advice would you give to people who fear death? Don't fear death. Um, you know, it's easy for me to say because I've, I've experienced it. Um, I don't fear death anymore. 
you know, I don't know if I felt it prior, you know, feared it prior, but death is not something to be feared. It's something that we'll all experience. There is more, I don't want to say there's an afterlife because to me, it's not an afterlife, but in the perspective of human, it's afterlife. Uh, to me, that was life. You know, that's our real life. The time we spend here is minuscule. Um, but it does go on afterwards. If I can say anything from the experiences, even from my questioning what happened that, you know, my NDE or DE uh, and having it basically validated while I was wide awake a couple nights later, um, it is real. It, it really is real. You know, it's okay if people don't want to believe it. It's okay if people want to believe it. God wouldn't, didn't care whether you believe it or not. God will love, you know, the Pope as much as God. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say that actually, but um, you know what I mean? God's going to love us all the same. Uncon it's, it's unconditional. It's the true meaning. And after I realized that uh, when I experienced it, it, it's the true meaning of unconditional love. That's what awaits us all. Um, it could await us immediately after we die. It could be a thousand years. It could be a million years. Um, time didn't really matter there. Uh, and that's just a whole separate story to itself. <laughs> um, so, Could you consider that being here in this 3D realm is dreamlike compared to being over there? I've thought that. I've thought about that. Um, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't, I don't want to say it's dreamlike uh, from a logical, logical perspective. That seems real to me. Um, from being out of my body, not having a body, that still seems real. The, the surrounding environment didn't change. It didn't reshift or anything like that. Um, it's just like I said, the fan, the circular fan that was going around was going like do, 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 real slow. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I honestly don't know. After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions. Are you open to that? Um, I am. You can, you can post my last name. That's fine. All right. I'll, maybe I'll put it in the description. How about that? That's fine. Yeah. I'm on Facebook. Uh, you know, that's fine. And that's what I do. I, I try to share my experiences when people have questions on like Facebook, uh, and all. So yeah, I'm, I'm fine. You know, like I said, it, you know, it, it's like you want to climb to the highest mountain and scream it to the world. Hey, you know, God loves you. This is real. Um, I'm not trying to push people. Your journey is your journey. My journey is my journey. And what I got from this, uh, from you know, one of the things is there's no right or wrong. There's just different. You know, just like in dying, your experience is meant to be unique to the soul that is experiencing it. While being here, it's also meant to be unique, to, that we each have unique experiences. So that's where all this other stuff comes in, like the different religions, which one's right, which one's wrong. There's no right or wrong. There's just different. Well, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? God loves you. I, I, I you know, I would put my, I can't say I put my life on that, but uh, I would put my life on that. I know God loves you. You know, I, I, I know that it's real. Um, you know, if, if you don't want to believe, that's okay. God doesn't mind. Um, if you want to believe, that's okay too. God doesn't mind that either. So, but it is real. 
this this isn't this isn't the life, man. That is the real life. So you know, I, I, I will call it afterlife. That's what everyone refers to it as. Uh, but that was the real life. This isn't it. This is just like a pit stop to me. Dan, thank you for that message, and thank you again for being my guest. Thank you for having me. It was an honor. Um, you know, like I said, I was apprehensive about doing this, honestly. Um, I didn't know because I hadn't shared my story in detail in years. Uh, I hope I didn't scatter it too much. And uh, so it was cool, man. Thank you very much. You were great, and the pleasure was all mine. Um, likewise. Thank you. You have a good night. You too. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.